Welcome, one and all, to episode 139 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. I actually found a super sweet Funko Pop from my favorite video game, Fallout 4. Uh, it's one of the perks. It's Nerd Rage. And uh, so I had to get that. I had to pick that up this weekend. Uh, joining me, as usual, is my co-host in life and on the podcast... She is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, and the Michael Phelps of wine. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare. Sup? Oh, that was... Uh, <laughs> and we are, of course, joined by the hardest working man in podcasting, the man with the velvet voice, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. Sup? <laughs> That's what all the cool kids yeah, are Yeah, that's a cool new thing, Patsy. Why don't you do so, it? Well, because I didn't get introduced by anyone. <laughs> I introduced myself. And, ladies and gentlemen, joining us for the first time, he is a very frequent contributor. He is a good friend of ours. He is not horny. <laughs> he is not horny. I am single, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Bumble's horrible. <laughs> but it lets you be yourself. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Sweet Home, Alabama, it is... The pumpkin bomb master himself. <laughs> Evil Corny. What up, people? Oh, so he didn't just say sup, see? He put a little <laughs> more effort into it. Well, it's just, you know, his first time. Wants to make a good impression. Yeah, he just he wants to, to let the people know how excited yeah, he is. Yeah, once you've been, you know, act like you've been there before, Patsy, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> like, I'm, we're, just, we're just so jaded at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this day, is... Another podcast. Yeah, this is actually the second time I was on the show because I was on the Rock and Shock sh- um, 2018 show, right? Yeah, but I mean that wasn't okay. like as a guest. This is like that your was... first time as like a featured guest, like because we wow. had like 30 people on there. So like this is your first like actual appearance, starring Evil Corny. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be on the show and everything. Um, Asses Patrick and um, Bootylicious Wolfenstein. <laughs> 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 That's not not that funny, Corny. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, evil Corny, we're we're happy to have you on here today. We're uh, you know we've been looking forward to this for a long time, and we finally found a day that worked, and we found a subject that uh, you are very passionate about, and. Uh, you know, that, of course, is Game of Thrones. Star Wars. Oh. Yeah, Star, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Wrong <laughs> show. <laughs> I love it when the hobbits get on the Enterprise. <laughs> um, but before we do that, uh, we, have some, uh, we have some questions for you. Because, as you know, because you're a frequent listener and a frequent contributor to the show. And just a freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. 
that when you're a first-time guest on the show, you have to answer your uh, getting into character questions. And so, of course, we uh, we have getting into character questions for you. Ooh. So uh, do you think you are, uh, are ready for that? Do you think you can handle that? Because I think you can. Yeah, go and shoot. All right. So the first question I have for you, and you can uh, – there's no context whatsoever. You can take it however you want. This can be, you know, what you prefer, you know, cinematically, um, aesthetically, sexually, whatever, whatever you prefer. <laughs> uh, vampire or werewolf? Vampire. All right. See, that was fairly easy. You know, you don't have to get into exactly what it is that uh, turns you on about vampires, but... You know, Ashes, have you a question? Oh, I, I have questions. Oh, Ashes uh-huh. has a question. Lots of questions. Um, Evil Corny, if you could eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what would it be? German chocolate cake. Oh, that's a really good dessert. That's that very was specific. quick. That wasn't even <laughs> that's quick. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, my mom makes like the best German chocolate cake here, you know. Oh. Yeah. Nothing beats mama made desserts. Yeah. Um, She's gotten to where she doesn't really make them anymore, just because she once she retired from the post- vomit all over. No, the place. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, when she retired from the post office, she pretty much just you retired know retired from life. G- gave yeah, up. don't really give. Yeah, don't really give too much too too many dams. <laughs> That's fair though. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so because we're talking about Game of Thrones, what would your house sigil be, and where would you hail from? Hmm. This is thrilling radio, all the silence here. <laughs> Real place in Westeros or just yeah. anywhere? Westeros. Where Where in Westeros? Like the Iron Islands? Would you fr- be from like, you know, some place that like a shy, you know, the, the Shadowlands? You know, would you be from, you know, like Dorne? Would you, you know, where would where would you hail from? Or you could just say like the east or the south or something like that. Uh, what's that? King's Land, where King's Landing is. Yeah, King's Landing is uh, you know Westeros. It's on the coast. Yeah, what, what's 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 the region now? It's the southeast coast. So okay, it's yeah. yeah, it's southeast. It's not uh, I guess where the equator, close to where the equator would be, because it's fairly warm. So yeah, it's it's kind of near the water and near the wildfire. Well, it's, it's right on the right on the coast. Yeah. Okay. Um, that'd be my region in the okay. south, and a dragon would be my sigil. Any specific type of dragon? Are you looking like uh, like the dragons a, we see? Like, are, are you going to go with a wyvern that has no legs? Like, what are we going with? Um, I'm a cancer, and I guess it'll be like a shell dragon with a shell water dragon. How about that? Okay, okay. I okay. dig it. All right, ashes. If you could transform into any type of monster, any type of monster, what would it be? Hmm. I mean, it could be a kaiju. It could be like a universal monster. A Republican. (laughs) (laughs) A ginger. You know, any type of monster. I'm coming for your health (laughs) care. Um... Let me think. Put the evil in evil corny. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm lowering taxes on the rich. <laughs> Take that, lower middle class. You don't like uh, it? Get another job. Yeah, I, I've kind of got that tax hike this time around myself. Uh, oh, no, we well, all did. You're not the only Yeah, one. I, didn't, I didn't get any kind of refund this year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's didn't get a bill. Yeah, didn't get a bill, but didn't get a refund. Um, a kaiju, and so yeah, so like what kind? Giant turtle, just like Gamera. You know, I was yes! gonna judge. Like, are you gonna be yes! a giant turtle? And Gamera. I was, just, I was just gonna throw that out there for like. Oh my god! Now I want to hug you. <laughs> Corny gives good hugs. He does give really good hugs. We got to see yeah. Corny at uh, at Rock and Shock last year, which was fucking awesome. Like nobody, well, that's not true. Wiley knew you were coming, and almost spilled the beans the night before. <laughs> almost, but not quite. She caught herself, but like I didn't really pay attention to it because she has like so many different connections and like knows so many people. She's like, oh, somebody else might not be making it in because there there's some crazy shenanigans going on with the planes and i was like all right you know at that yeah. point it was like one o'clock we were sitting in mars's basement so yeah i didn't i ended up spending the night in uh, philly at night that was horrible yeah yeah i remember that, um that but i think wolfie and raven shadow i stayed with raven shadow two of them knew i was coming and then yep. i didn't tell wally until the Sunday before. I was say I would hope Raven Shadow knew. <laughs> I knew there was something I was supposed to do today. No, Corny just showed up at his doorstep, and that's why Raven Shadow was getting him back by not sending him his shit. <laughs> no, he's just like, I was going to do some. Oh, I know. I have to go to the store and pick up some corn. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. All right, so we got one more question for you. Okay. You know, sticking with the uh, Game of Thrones theme. What type of weapon... Would you want a master? Would it be a sword, an axe, the arak, which is the the curved Dothraki weapon, a spear like the Unsullied, or would you be an archer? Probably an archer. Any particular reason why you didn't pick another weapon? Um, I'm clumsy, and I probably cut my arm off. <laughs> As opposed to like. You'd be like that scene in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights where they're trying to train all the archers and like the one guy shoots the arrow backwards and kills somebody behind him. I, as a kid, I was kind of decent with a bow and arrow, so I'll stick with that. Okay. Yeah. So I've, like, I've, I've we... stuck myself with a lot of knives, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was to get out of going to the dentist because you didn't want to projectile vomit all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what we're doing today, we are talking about the youngest of the Lannister siblings, uh, Tyrion. The god of tits and wine. The god of tits and wine. <laughs> oh, that should be our title. <laughs> yes. Uh, that'll get that'll get some eyeballs on the, or earballs on the podcast. Earballs. 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 Um and there's a, there's a lot of speculation as to what's going to happen with him, like who he is, where he comes from. I'm going to talk a little bit about the difference between especially his appearance on the show and in the books. Yeah, it's, quite a discrepancy. Between oh, yeah. Two. It's it's way different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He uh, he definitely lives up more to his monster personality in the in the books than 
in the show. So yeah, I've seen some illustrations of him. He's kind of interesting looking, especially after the 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 battle where he loses his nose. Yeah, he just looks even worse. He looks like a zombie. Yeah, I've so, seen a lot of illustrations on that. So what we'll do is we'll we'll discuss that, and uh, we have some battle results to, to get into later. And uh, I'm definitely interested because I know Corny, you're a big fan of this character, and he's one of the most compelling characters on the show. Yeah. So we have some theories to talk about and some uh, – we'll get into some predictions as well for what we think is going to happen in Season 8. We have some Dinklage to talk about. Oh. Whole lot of Dinklage. <laughs> Whole lot of Dinklage. Sexy Dinklage. <laughs> There's another title for you. Yeah. Whole lot of Dinklage. So I think with that being said, we'll take a, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk more about Tyrion Lannister. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday's podcast. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. Welcome back to Throwdown Thursday. I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd. We're going to talk about some stuff. Ah! I don't know why he sounds like a Muppet. <laughs> well, now he does, he does now. Surprise, I'm not Patsy. Oh, my um, God. That was, I know, I know. That was that like was way a- better than Patsy's uh, John Travolta impersonation. <laughs> at, least, at least my impressions don't go Travolta in, in any way, shape, or form. They go a little weird. They go a little Muppet, but they do not go Travolta. Uh, <laughs> never go Travolta. No, no never go never full go Travolta. Full yeah. yeah. <laughs> little bit's okay, but full on's just too much. 
Um, so today we are talking about Tyrion Lannister, and in my opinion, he is definitely one of the better written characters on the show. I don't really have much of a frame of reference um, with how he's written in the books. I know Patsy does, and he's stepped out for a minute, so he'll be back to talk about that. But should I lock the door? Actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> this episode just got better. Just kidding. He's a good guy. Kind of like him. He buys me stuff. Um, anyway. We drove here uh, today. Ashes. Oh, he did. But you know what? Oh. We actually don't live far from the studio. So if I had oh. to walk home or like hitchhike home, I could. Oh. You know, just show Johnny, Johnny get you right. <laughs> yeah. Johnny's a nice guy. He'd give me right home. Um, but anyway, so we're talking Tyrion Lannister. And first of all, I kind of want to talk about the casting choice of casting Peter Dinklage in this role. Now, obviously, you needed somebody with a specific stature to play this character because that is an, an important trait to this specific character. Um, but the what Peter Dinklage brings to this role is just more than I think what this role had to offer. Oh, do you have any thoughts on that, Evil Corny? Yeah. He's always been a real good actor. I, um, I think the first time I remember seeing him in was like the state the, um, station agent. But for the longest, I thought he was British. And it, it kind of caught me off guard that he was from, you know. Well, and it's funny because I believe American. he's the only American actor on the show. Yeah, I believe so. But for the longest, I thought he was British and, you know, TV, the show was kind of confirming that until I looked it up a couple, like a year or two ago. But he's one of the better actors out there right now. All right. So I'm back now. I had to take a wicked Joffrey. Uh, so uh, You say wicked Joffrey? I had to take a wicked Joffrey. What a... a little shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. I just wanted to make a Lannister joke. Okay. But I'm here now, and uh, <laughs> you know it's it's funny when it comes. I, I heard you guys talking about like the casting and stuff of right. Peter Dinklage. Um, when he, uh, as in George R. R. Martin, you know, when it was getting developed, like Dinklage, because he, he said he specifically wrote it so it couldn't be adapted for TV until uh, Dave Dave Benioff and. Uh, D.B. Weiss, or Dave Weiss, and uh, Benny Off and, and, and Weiss, Dan and Dave, they call them. Okay. They, uh, they approached him, and like wh- I think one of the stipulations, if I remember correctly, was that Tyrion had to be played by Peter Dinklage. Oh, wow. Like, because when he was writing it, you know, like that's you know, when they're working on the script and the the TV adaptation, it was like, no, it, it has to be Dinklage. Because, I mean, and at this point, he's going to get every dwarf slash, like, any role written for someone like that, like, from here until eternity or until Warwick Davis kills him and takes his throne back. <laughs> I mean, think about him in, uh, in uh, Elf. It was the same type of role, like you know, he was getting made fun of for being small. Yeah. There's a there's a movie called uh, Tiptoes. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, I've seen it long Dinklage, a long time ago. Dinklage is in it, and he is married to uh, shit. Who's the girl from Natural Born Killers? 
Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis. I think he's married to her, if I if memory serves, because I haven't seen the movie, but I know of it. It's Matthew McConaughey and and uh, Gary Oldman and their twins, but Gary Oldman is a dwarf. Yeah, and he plays a. It's beyond fucked up, but Dinklage yeah. is in that, and it's it's weird. But he's not playing like the title role. Like they got someone else to play a dwarf who's not a dwarf because Gary Oldman's just a dude. Yeah, like he's a regular dude. He's not small of stature in in that that way. So, <clears throat> you know, and now he's getting those types of roles. Like again, he played another dwarf in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Different type of dwarf, right? But still, and I like the fact that they made him absolutely massive. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm a dwarf, but I'm 22 feet tall. I mean, he's also getting roles that where, you know, his, his dwarfism is irrelevant. Pixels is one. Or um, the three Three billboards, billboards over Ebbing, Missouri. Yep. yep. Like, it's, yeah, it's irrelevant. It's because just he's, he's just, playing he's such a, a great actor. And he's good actor. so yeah. charismatic. Mm-hmm. He draws a crowd. He's... He's the like you were just saying, Corny. He's the best actor on that show. Yeah, like Kit Harrington, like that brooding, like oh, I'm Jon Snow. Oh, oh never knew <laughs> my mother. Oh, do CrossFit. Like <laughs> he was kind of like that, and I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips of Silent Hill Two, and he was pretty much the same character, and that was his first movie he was ever in. Like that was his debut. Amelia Clark, outside of Game of Thrones, I have been less than impressed with her acting. Solo, I didn't think she was, you know, she turned in a great performance. And same thing with Terminator. I mean, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, really good. Lena Headey, fantastic. But she's basically playing the same character she plays in every movie. I disagree. But I do have to... Linda Headey or... Yes. I, I oh, do she was... Have... Oh, she, she was bad. She was badass in Terminator. Um, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor Chronicles. See that I didn't I see, but I'm thinking uh-huh. Dread and Three Hundred. Well, and she's also in the new movie coming out, Fighting with My Family, where she plays Sweet Soraya, which I'm really interested in seeing that. And that's a different. I didn't role realize she was even in that. Yeah, yeah, she plays the mother. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize yeah. she was in that. Like the badass wrestler. They never really mother. like focus on her. They focus on the Rock and Nick Frost. Yeah, yeah, but she, she's there with the red hair. But anyways, I have to give Dinklage credit because he's the one who actually convinced Lena Headey to try out because they were they're friends like yeah. in, in real life. And he was like, no, I think you would be perfect for this role. You really need to try out and you need to put your your, your hat in the ring. And, and she did. And obviously we have Cersei Lannister, who I fucking love, which you all know. So there's that. But this... The way Tyrion, the character, is written, it's just, he's he's one of my favorite characters on the show. And it's because he's so witty and charismatic and intellectual and, you know, obviously has to rely on his brain versus his brawn because it doesn't really have much brawn. And one of the the biggest issues I have between um, book and show, like the difference, is... In season two, when, you know, after he wins his trial by combat with Bronn and mm-hmm. he's going through and like all the uh, the fucking uh, hill tribes are uh, like accosting him and Bronn 
they go and you know they end up uh on the front lines of the battle where uh you know Tyrion's getting his though Tyrion it's the diversion battle where Tyrion destroys 2000 of Rob Stark's men the green fork I think is the battle yeah uh, Tyrion destroys 2000s of 2000 of Rob's men but like it was a diversion so they could capture Jamie in the whispering wood in the book like you know in the show Tyrion's just kind of like running along with these with these other people and somebody you know, haphazardly swings a hammer as they're running, and it knocks him out, and he misses knocks the whole out. battle. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, he fucks guys up. Like, he kills <laughs> two people from horseback. Like, he wields an axe, and he actually makes a difference in the battle. Like, he kills people. Like, he gets into actual combat situations. So, like, that was one of the things that really bothered me about, you know, when I finally got a chance to read the books after I'd watched the, the series twice... But what you do get to see is how intelligent he is because you see a lot of uh, – and this is – again, this is something that we mentioned uh, in the Cersei show. Something you don't get in the show is a lot of like the inner monologue, like the thoughts that go through his head. You know, like he uh, – on his wedding night with Sansa, he's naked, she's naked, he's completely aroused – and he looks at her and he's he's like i'm not going to do this until you want to and he goes and sleeps somewhere else which is similar to what happens in the show but i think that point of view from the book where it's like he's completely naked and she's completely naked and it's just like you know my family is the royal family and I can do whatever I want. He's still and he's completely hammered. He's like, yeah. no, I'm I'm not going to do this. You're too young. You don't want me. Neither one of us wanted this marriage. And as turned on as I am, I'm not going to do this. So that's one of the things I really like. Now, we did mention his appearance now ashes have you looked at him like any pictures of what he's supposed to look like from the book like no artists? no i have no clue so you should while we're talking about this you should look this up let me google it because <clears throat> you know Tyrion is often described as a monster and you know we actually just watched the mountain and the viper and oberon martell you know tells a story about the time that when he was him and his, his family, they were kids. They went to go visit the Lannisters while they were kids. And all Cersei could talk about is how he had one red eye and claws and a tail and he was a hermaphrodite. And they finally went to show Tyrion to the Martells and he was just an average baby. He goes, yeah, maybe your head was a little big and your arms and legs were a little short. But you just look like a normal baby. In the book, his appearance is far more grotesque. Because Peter Dinklage is not a bad-looking guy. No. Yeah. But he's got one black eye, one green eye. He's got two different colored hair. He's scary-looking. Like, he he's not a handsome man. It's almost like... 
if I were to say like the ugliest guy on the show, maybe Ilan Payne, the guy who chopped off Ned's head. Like yeah, so like that. Yes, he's a scary, gross-looking guy. But yeah, you see Tyrion. He's got blonde, but he's also got like black hair as well. Yeah, he's got like black stripes. Yes, and he's got like two streets. the two different colored eyes. Mm-hmm. And then after the Battle of the Blackwater, where in the show he gets sliced across the face and Pod kills the knight that tried to kill him, mm-hmm. uh, he gets his nose sliced. Yeah, off. I was like, in this picture, he's missing most of his nose. Yeah, he loses his nose. And it's just like a hole into his face. And like that's a whole scene. Like when he wakes up, you know, in that new room where he's not in the Tower of the Hand anymore and he's just he's totally fucked up. And it's it's brilliant. Like a lot of the stuff carries over from the book into the show, like especially a lot of the very important, meaningful dialogue. But because of the some of the changes they had to make to uh the show a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the plot lines had to change and things are different. Well, not only that, like we've had this conversation before where it's Hollywood and Hollywood needs everything to be pretty. So like even the the grotesque, disgusting characters are still kind of pretty. Well, they they you know? make the hound look. It's just different instead of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they make the hound look scary like the hound. But yeah, I think. But, but, but it's not as bad as it could be. I also think. That part of it is, like, there are theories running around that, you know, Tyrion's not a Lannister, he's a Targaryen because of the first knight rights. Um, but at the same time, like, if they made Tyrion look so different from Jaime and Cersei, who are both, like, super pretty, like, like you have, you know, this... You know, oh, she's the most beautiful woman in the Seven Kingdoms. And you have, you have, uh, you know, Jamie. Uh oh, I think we lost Corny. Yeah, I was trying to be conspicuous, but yes, we lost him. I'll try to get him back. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, I'll just keep talking. Cause what I was, else is there? Well, I was making. A, I was making a point. Like, if they made him look that much different, well, and I think, like they're trying not to give away plot points. Well, I think they also want to make him likable. And unfortunately, we live in this, you know, time where people will find people unlikable strictly for their appearance. So I think they wanted people to focus more on the presentation of the character, the writing, and you know, the acting of the character versus the actual appearance. Well, that's that's part of um, George R. R. Martin's writing style. Like, he was heavily influenced by The Lord of the Rings, but, you know, where The Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> it's like, okay, you know, the bad guys were black and they're ugly and they're mean. So you can look at them and know that's a bad guy. You know, the good guys are like, you know, like the elves are like the pictures of Very beauty. Wh- yeah. White and, and ethereal. Yes. And... and you know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are just by looking at them. He, George didn't want that. Like, you know, look at, you know, the actors he got well, like... to play these roles. Nikolai Coster Waldo. Is a very good-looking man. Yes, he is. Wiley refers to him as the panty slayer. <laughs> and you hate that fucking guy for the longest time. You know, Cersei, what a bitch. Hey, watch it. But she's a good-looking woman. She's you know, perfect. Joffrey, not an ugly dude. 
but he's a biggest piece. Uh, another change they made, you know, the same type of aesthetic type character, uh, Ramsey Bolton. Mm-hmm. In the show, he's like this big, hulking, like blotchy faced, like he looks gross. But in the show, Ewan Rome, I Rome, I can never pronounce his name because I I can never get the, like the Irish names right, and I don't want to say it. Ewan, but he's Ewan, he's a rather good looking. He's dude a good looking guy. Real he looks, life, yeah. He looks more like a but hobbit. Kinda, like he but it like, kind of lulls you into a false sense of security with some, especially of these when you too. first meet him yes like you have no idea what's going on and the same thing with Tyrion. like you don't want him to look a certain way like you can describe it in the book because you get much more information in the book Mm -hmm. but with the show like you have to advance plots very quickly and if you're unable to do that you know you can you can kind of speed things along if you if you present characters a certain way but that's one of you know the tropes of um, Martin's writing is he doesn't want you to be to have this predictable like maybe the bad guy does win you know like think about how long Joffrey reigns it's just right. that that type of thing right well and then like even <clears throat> the good the, the bad guys die and the good guys die so everybody dies yeah and Valor Malgulis yeah all men must die but anyways like you kind of um you you really feel for this character because you learn a lot about him, especially in the first season. You kind of learn why he is the way he is. And he is one of those characters who I think goes through a very positive uh, character evolution. I like his first interaction with, with John when he first meets him. And he calls him a bastard. And he's like, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. You know, never forget who you are because no one else will. Well, and that's because he has such a an empathy for the cripples, bastards, and, and broken, broken things. Yes, because of how he was raised. You know, he is the son of Tywin and Joanna Lannister. He is the reason why his mother, like he killed his mother coming out of the womb, which is why Tywin and Cersei has such disdain Hate towards him. him. So you know, and and, and Jaime is the only one who really. It sends him. it, yeah, you know, sends out that olive branch. But even then, sometimes Jamie can be a little harsh towards him. But and that's I, again, like what you're saying is, you know, the way he was raised with like all these people hating him, and, and what he says to John, like wear it as armor, right? Don't Which let is anyone why, use it. To you know, hurt he you. is the way he is. He educated himself. He grew a thick skin. He, you know, is is his his witticism is a result of. How he was raised, his upbringing, being chastised and being mm-hmm. cast out. And, you know, that's why and, and how why he, you know, drowns himself in wine and women and, you know, as, as a way of self-medicating. Yeah. All he does is is read and drink and whore. That's what he does. He drinks and he knows things. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, Tyrion is one of those tragic characters like we don't see it so much like in the in the in the uh in the show again where the part we just watched where you know the end of season three where Jamie lets Tyrion out of the cell and Tyrion responds by killing Tywin 
Which is not what Jamie meant to accomplish. Jamie just wanted to... Free give his brother. T- yeah, exactly. Free his brother, give Tyrion the upper hand, and allow him to escape and kind of do one of those, well, I don't know how he escaped. But he took it upon himself, especially after he saw Shay, the whore, that who he loved. He loved. Um, not, not only did she betray him on the witness stand after he was being uh, framed for the death of Joffrey at what is now known as the Purple Wedding. Mm-hmm. But uh, he saw Shay in his father's bed. And referring to him as my lion the way she used to refer to. Oh, we got Corny back. All right. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with Skype, but it just cut out. And every time I try to open it back up, it will cut back out. So, Well, hopefully we can keep you on this time. <clears throat> but yeah, we were just talking about, you know, Tyrion's journey through childhood and like how he coped with, you know, he wasn't, you know, as attractive as Cersei. He couldn't fight like Jamie, so he had to use the tools that he had yep. available to him and he was able to read and he read everything he could, everything he could get his hands on. And as a Lannister, he had access to uh the depths of knowledge that not, you know, everyone if he had been born to a lower house, he probably would have been left out in the woods. Or like Tywin right. said, well, I thought about walking you into the ocean and just letting the tide take you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I, I was just going to say exactly that. Like, and that's something that, you know, his his lust for life definitely follows him. You know, through well, through most of the series, anyways. He does reach a point after he kills his father where he really just wants to drink himself to death. Yeah, he, he's like I drank myself across the narrow sea, which is it's similar in the book, except he's in a like a, a barrel. If I remember correctly, he's in a barrel with fish, or that had fish in it, something like that. Like it's it wasn't nearly as as good, but he was like super cramped and like just like smushed up. Was Varys the one that get, got him to ride out in the book? Or I'm trying to remember. I know Varys was part of it, and he does go to uh, Illyrio's place. Like The reason he's able to get back up into the Tower of the Hand is because Varys knew all these secret passages, and that's how he was able to sneak back in from the Black Cells. Um, so he snuck back in through these tunnels killed his father snuck back out and nobody knew where Varys was nobody knew where Tyrion was and they searched and searched and searched they couldn't find him they found all these tunnels they were digging through the tunnels trying to find him so finally that's when Cersei's like you know what fuck it if they're still hiding in those tunnels I'll just take care of this and she burned down the tower of the hand with wildfire oh okay yeah so they took and and they that the aftermath of of Tywin's death was slightly different because they, Cersei's like, nope, get this whore out of here. He was never found. He wasn't found dead on the toilet. He died in his sleep, like all this stuff. But like his body smelled really bad. So part of the reason why Tyrion found him on the toilet, they're thinking it's because he was poisoned by Oberyn Martell. And then even after, oh, okay. even after like his funeral and like they took all his guts out and everything, the corpse smelled so bad, no one could stand in the step in the in the sept. So it was, you know, and Tyrion taunted Jamie, like, 
you know, trying to tell Jamie like, oh, yeah, you know, while you were away, she's, you know, Cersei's been fucking everybody. <laughs> like, and he's, no, because she was. And because Jamie said something to him and it really like cut Tyrion like emotionally. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, this woman that you're protecting and that you would die to, that you, you lost your hand for and all that you're fighting a war for, all this stuff, like, this is how she's been repaying you. <clears throat> and then he told Jamie that he killed Joffrey, even though he didn't. He told him that because he was trying to hurt Jamie mm-hmm. the way Jamie had hurt him. Because that was, to him, was the biggest betrayal. Oh, Jamie told him about Tysha, the the prostitute that he married when he was young, that he fell in love with, that... Jamie, Jamie and Tyrion saved her from from the rapers and, you know, it turned out to be a hoax. And then Tywin was like, no, she's a whore and paid all the all the uh, the the Lannister men to to have their way with her and then made Tyrion go last after everyone else had already done. And then they, they each like they threw money at her. Tyrion said she was covered with coins by the time it was his turn. And, like, that's the way Tyr- uh, Tywin treated him. And then Jamie, when he released him from prison, was like, yeah, she wasn't really a prostitute and she really did love you. And that's what sent Tyrion over the edge. He's like, you knew this for how many years? And you kept it to yourself and you never told me and you made you went on making me think that the only way that anyone could ever love me is if I paid them to. And like, that's when he went off and started just trying to hurt Jamie as much as he could. If I was Tyrion, um, the thing that made me the maddest out of the whole series that happened to him was, um, how he pretty much saved the city. And, um, was the battle yeah, in the Battle of Blackwater. Yeah, he pretty much saved the city and, you know, doesn't get any kind of recognition for anything he did, you know. Yeah, because he was acting. Smaller quarters and everything. He was acting hand of the king. Yeah, Yeah, to uh, Joffrey. And God knows Joffrey doesn't have any type of battle experience at all oh, their best fighter left had n- yeah and had no type of uh, strategy experience as well so Tyrion, but he talked a big game oh well yeah of course oh yeah fantasy. oh yeah but yeah so so Tyrion took it upon himself to uh create some sort of uh, security with the with the wildfire, yeah, he did the wildfire and, plan, and he went out and fought in the front lines. But that actually yeah. kind of shook him because when he, uh, like, like the massive casualties that it created. I mean, obviously, he's part of the reason why they won. Also, you know, Tywin riding in. And, well, there and was also Calvary. A, in the book a lot of people run off because they think the ghost of Renly Baratheon has come to fight, and it ended up being. I don't know. It was, I forget who the hell it was, but it was somebody wearing Renly's armor because this is after Renly's dead. Yeah. So there's somebody okay. wearing Renly's armor and like, oh, it's Renly's ghost. He's coming in with all his ghost soldiers, and so that made a lot of people flee in the other direction because we know that this is a world full of magic and resurrections and dragons and and you know evil powers because we we see it all mm-hmm. the time. 
So it's perfectly plausible that, you know, a ghost has come back to wreak revenge. But yeah, so the at the Battle of Blackwater, the massive casualties resulting from the wildfire that he strategically placed, you know, out where the boats are, uh, made him reluctant reluctant to use such devastating weaponry and strategies uh, ever again, which affects his relationship with Daenerys later on. Yeah, he doesn't like using the dragons because of the amount of death and destruction. Right, like we yeah. see that in the Field of Fire fight in Season 7, mm-hmm. where the Dothraki and uh, and Drogon come in, and Drogon just wipes out most of the Lannisters, just absolutely destroys that army. Almost takes out Jaime. Well, that's because Jamie was dumb enough to charge at him. Well, I mean, but still, yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. you know, <laughs> Jamie. If it wasn't for Bronn, who dropped all his gold, poor Bronn gets the shit end of the stick. Yeah, some, something about Bronn. He started off being um, Tyrion's sidekick, and he became Jamie's. Well, he was a, a hired sword for yeah. Catelyn. Mm-hmm. He was just like a, a hired sword, and then uh, Tyrion ended up killing a guy with a shield. Kind of impressed him. Yeah, I think he just liked Tyrion. Yeah, he liked the he way was he just talked. Kind of like, yeah, he, he was just like, I just like you. I find you good company, so I'm going to hang around with you. Because when he was asking for the trial by combat, he's just like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at the uh, the moon door. Yeah, at the uh, the eerie. Yep. Yeah, up in the at the. The throne room. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting like their relationship is is great because Bron will tell him Bron's not a guy who minces words and he's not a guy who will sugarcoat things. He's not like a spineless yes man well, like he's say he's Pycelle. A straight shooter. Oh yeah, a straight shooter. And like he you know, and we see him talk shit to uh to Jamie. He's like, Do you talk to your brother like this? Yeah, all the time. He got used to it, you know. When he's training him, because in the book, uh, Illyn Payne trains him to fight with his left hand. Because and you oh, know, so it's not it's not Bron. Oh, he uh, Bron's off doing something else, but he's sitting there and he's, uh, you know, he tells everything, everything to Illyn Payne because Illyn Payne is illiterate. So he's not going to write anything down. And he can't speak because his tongue got cut out. Yeah. But Payne is always laughing at him because he can't he can't fight with his left hand. And he keeps, like, wailing the shit out of him. Kind of like what Bronn's doing, but mm-hmm. without talking shit. Okay. And... It's a lot more entertaining having Bronn talk shit at Jamie Lannister. Yeah, like that's a good to, that's a good change. You know, well, and it creates a good rapport between the two of them as well, which is why they have the relationship later on. And this is why we we have the uh, we have the, uh, the the changes that we do in the book because, or from the book to the show, because Jerome Flynn is highly charismatic, and we see this with all his interactions with Tyrion, like. Which is He's, why the two characters play off each other so well. Yes. Yeah. Like, they're both smart asses. Like, I wouldn't, like, I don't recognize a lot of the dialogue. Like, some of it I do. But I think a lot of it is just those two guys riffing off of each other. And it's just fantastic. So, 
Corny, when you 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 said this is one of your favorite characters, what is it about Tyrion that endears him to you? Um, I really just like how he's one step ahead of pretty much everybody around him. Um, he's overall just just overall just a little smarter than every you know, probably the smartest guy in the room, and. It's just inter- always interesting to me to where he'll never have his dad's respect at all, even though, you know, he's probably smarter than his father, you know. I I just like that character. And um, Peter Dinklage playing the character in the show, you know, it's, it's, it's just like the perfect character. You know, he, 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 he does what he wants to do, you know. I don't know. I, I just really like Dinklage and you know that character. Yeah, he gets. He it's kind of. Um, <clears throat> he's not as manipulative, but like you know, a good example of him being the smarter guy in the room. Like when he first becomes uh, and the king, the king, he needs to know who he can trust. So he tells Varys, Littlefinger, and Pycelle three different stories about who he's going to marry. Marcella too, and then Cersei comes to him. She's like, "You're not going to ship her, ship her off to Dorne." And he's like, "Wherever would you get that idea?" So now he knows that he can't trust uh, Pycelle because Pycelle immediately went and and you know ratted him out. Later on, you found out that he was always working with the Lan- for the Lannisters. Yes, until he was of no use, and then yeah, you know. He gets uh he gets his, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of backdoor stuff that goes along with how how Tyrion and and his. I'm, I'm sure Tyrion likes a lot of backdoor stuff. Well, it depends. <laughs> Giggity. It depends on. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, like we see this at the, you know in the fir- the first episode when he's in the brothel and he's <laughs> he's. Uh, He's with um, Rose. Roz. Is it Ross? Okay. And Jamie's like, "Well, we don't have all day because we have, you know, dinner and we have this, so we don't have all day." And like, he sends in like six more prostitutes. Oh, Jamie does. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie's like, "Well, here you go." So I mean, we'll we'll get more into Jamie when we we talk about him for next week's show, but because um, I think he's a fascinating character as well. But of the uh, the two Lannister brothers, I think Tyrion's going to have a little bit more of a part to play. He's had a lot more of a part to play in the events that have occurred over the last few years. Jamie, for his part, I mean, aside from fathering the children, hasn't had as huge an impact on things as Tyrion has. Not up until this point. I, I think that things will change I mean, this it's, upcoming season. It's been different. Well, he, did, he, he is a Kingslayer. You know, he... Well, yeah, like, what I mean he, is... He saved his father, you know. In the, in the <laughs> so story... So tell him he got burned before then. <laughs> in the story, like, where we are now, like, from episode one to now, Jamie hasn't... Like... What I'm saying is, like, Tyrion has been behind a lot of 
the events that transpired. Okay. Like, Tyrion is directly responsible for the death of Marcella because he sent her to Dorne. You know, he is responsible for, you know, being, you know, um, a lot of the events that have transpired in Marine, like, because he's been advising Daenerys and, like, the direction that she's gone in a lot of her endeavors. You know, Jamie's kind of, he's been there and he's gone on his own redemptive arc, but he keeps getting pulled in by Cersei. Although... We don't know what happened between Cersei and Tyrion at that meeting at the end of season seven. And I think that's uh, that's what I kind of want to talk about next. Because what happened? What, what did he say or what did she say to kind of switch things around? Because she's like, I'm not sending anybody to fight for you. And then she at least lied and said she was going to send some people. So, Ashes, what do you think? Because I know you were you had something that you wanted to say. I know. I'm trying to refresh my memory. Like, what, where is this going? Like, like what happened? We're we're trying to talk about like where we think Tyrion's story is headed. Well, I think he's going to die. But why do you think? Do you think that because we saw him kind of? rooting for Jamie to survive the Battle of Field of Fire because that's his brother. But do you think that he may have sold out Daenerys or anybody else on you know that side to Cersei? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, regardless of this arc that he's had towards towards the positive, you know, he's become a better person. You know, he's a little more selfless not as selfish uh not as enamored with prostitutes and wine but more driven and wanting to help others and especially you know Daenerys she she names him hand of the king or hand of the queen I should say and that's a big deal you know that that's dedicating your life to somebody in that way yeah, and you see his emotional thing. reaction to that. Right, and you know he his humor becomes a little more muted. He starts to take things a little more seriously uh, than he has in the past. But I, he's... Go ahead. I always um, felt like he was always doing the right thing, no matter what. I think he's always to had... To a certain extent. Yeah, yeah but he's always had in his way. Yeah, his own way, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just he's just gotten a little more refined. Yeah. Uh, with the company that he keeps and wanting to be a better person because he's keeping better company. Um, but I think deep down, he's still a Lannister. So, and, and deep down, like, I don't think he'll sell out his family. In that... I don't know. Yeah, so the scene we're talking about is when they're at the big meeting and they bring the white... And they see the white and he comes running out and the hound chops him up and then Kyburn gets like 
a massive throbbing erection because he's like, oh my god, look at this thing. Like, you can see it through his robes when he's holding that arm. He's like, oh my god, that's evil horny right there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's like, oh my god. He's like, that's that's my jam, Holmes. Yeah. So, like that scene, and then... What's his face? Euron's all like, oh, can they swim? Oh, they can't swim? Well, I'm out of here. I'm going to my boat. And so he leaves. And Cersei's like, fuck you guys. I'm not helping you. And then she leaves. And then Tyrion's like, hold up a bit. I would need to speak at you. And so he goes to talk to her. And like, he's like, oh, you're not drinking any wine? Usually you're like pounding these down. He's like, and she touches her stomach, and he's like, oh, you're pregnant. And then it cuts away, and we don't know what happens, but Cersei comes back out and says, yeah, I'll send some, some guys up there for you, and you know it'll be all good, and everything will be great. So, Corny, what do you think was what happened at that, like, and how do you think that's going to affect Tyrion's fate? Um... I think Tyrion was up for all the armies going to the north. And I think Cersei was stabbing him in the back no matter what. I don't think Cersei had the intention on um, sending any troops out of King's Landing at all. Um, but at the same time, I don't. I think that at the very last moment of... Um, wait... Let, let, let me think. I'm, I'm, I hadn't seen the last episode in a while. When does... It's the last episode when um, Daenerys and John... He sees Daener- uh, Jon Snow go into Daenerys' chambers. Yes. This is shortly, so that, shortly after Jamie's like, well, I'll lead the armies. And she's like, we're not sending any armies up to the north. Okay. Right now, you know, after that moment, I don't know what what Tyrion mindset is. I think he's heartbroken after that because I I think he loved Daenerys, but that was before the um, that was after the uh, the meeting. So there's no telling what's going to happen. But I don't. At the same time, I don't. I don't think Cersei, um, Cersei had the intentions to um, send any troops out. My thoughts are. The Tyrion promised her something like a hostage or like a ward, you know, like how Theon was the ward of uh, Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. Like he promised something to Cersei. And Cersei's like, okay, in exchange for that, I'll send my army up. So. He's going to send her something, but she's not going to send the army up regardless. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering is what he promised to to Cersei. Now, I've heard... It's got to be something good. I've heard different theories where, like, John and Daenerys both die, but after she has the baby and, like, 
Tyrion marries Miss Sandy and like is the regent ruling the kingdom until the Stark Garion baby comes of age. That's just bonkers because they're totally <laughs> shipping Miss Sandy and Grey Worm anyways. Yeah, so. but they can't have kids. Yeah, but that's for, they can snuggle so big and like that's just nice. So then maybe uh, a lot of scissoring happening. <laughs> Oh Jesus! I'm sorry. So, I think Tyrion promised something that he shouldn't have promised. And but is it a pro? I'm wondering if he promised a promise that he knows can't that he keep. can't keep. No, I think it's or it's a promise that could cost him. Everything. I think it's going to be something that gets this, him killed. Yes, I, I think so as well. So. Because Peter Dinklage has kind of let it slip a little bit. And, and he's kind of alluded to the fact that Tyrion doesn't survive this last season. Which, I mean, let's face it. We're pretty much prepared for everyone to die. Like, No, we're not. I'm pretty much. You're saying you're prepared, but you're not. I'm going to have like at least eight bottles of wine like every Sunday <laughs> night <laughs> for six weeks straight to get me through this. Because, you know, that that's how I'm going to be prepared. It's going to be rough. I'm going to have to take a... Um... Valium or whatever before the before each episode starts. To, uh, probably call in on a couple of Mondays. I'm sorry, oh, I can't come in today. I'm sad. They killed Ghost. Sad. Um, but yeah, I I think I think you're kind of on the right track with that. I think that maybe he promises something, and it's a promise that he can't keep, or he tries to keep it, and it gets him killed. Although I think things may change once he realizes that. Jamie's coming up north. I mean, maybe, um, but I, I still think that deep down inside, like I feel like his, regardless of what happens with the Daenerys situation and the Jon Snow situation and him being Hand of the Queen, I still feel like deep down inside, like he's still a Lannister. And if Tywin did anything, it was really, like, really just hit home that you are a Lannister. Your name means something, like. We are a family in the sense that we we all share a name. Like you are a Lannister, and I I feel like that's going to. I think that that's what is going to get him him killed. I I think that he's going to have a moment of uh, hesitation, kind of quarrel between you know this is where I want to go, want to be, want to support these people, but you know these people are my blood. All right. So quickly before we, before we go to our last break, uh, as far as the Valonqar prophecy that said that Cersei would be killed and Valonqar killed by the Valonqar who would wrap their hands around her pale white throat and choke the life out of her. Do we think that's Tyrion? Yes or no? No. Corny? No. Okay. I don't either. Although there's a theory that says the, uh, in the show, he strangles Shay with a necklace. In the book, the necklace is made of golden hands because he was handed the king and gave it to her when he was handed the king, but she kept it. And that's what he used to strangle her. But then Cersei took that necklace. So they're saying, like, that could be what's used to strangle her. 
I don't know. There's a there's a thousand different theories, and again, I always bring it back to how Tommen's kitten almost fits the Azora High prophecy. Like, Sir Pounce. Yeah, Sir Pounce mm-hmm. could be. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll wrap this up, and then uh, we have some battle results and preview of next week's show. So we will be right back. Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. Patrick Oh, my favorite part about that is the slight delay that you hear. Oh, <laughs> like, really? You have like a slight delay, so like the song plays, and then you say the same. Line. Oh man! So you're not it quite synced a up. Sick echo. But it sounded like an idiot. No, no, no! It sounds like it. It's like a delay. Oh, it's like a delay like effect. Echo. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that was the best. Oh man. Corny, you should watch that episode. That's a good episode. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what, what episode of um, Trick or Treat Radio is that? 68. All the boys love Larry Fine. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling it's going to go in your tombstone. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's yeah, got it all remember, planned out already. I don't remember the, that, the on numbers. A tomb, <laughs> I remember what, that. What's going to be on the tombstone? Episode. Patrick Raycon was a motherfucking mouse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then a colon, then episode If, if me and Wally are around, yeah, if me and Wally are still around, we'll have that, make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, so, I hope you enjoyed that, uh, that conversation about Tyrion Lannister. We were all over the place, but like, this, again, you know, like we've said a bunch of times, there's so much source material. Like we're just trying to play the hits, 
you know, like just cover the highlights of this character because there's there's so much like we didn't even get into whole like is he or is he not a Targaryen? Is he the third head of the dragon from the prophecy that Daenerys heard? You know, like, you know, the dragon has three heads. Everyone's like, yeah, it's John, Daenerys, and, and Tyrion. Like, obviously, it's like, yeah, okay, because everything about about uh, George R. R. Martin style is 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 uh, is obvious. Like, don't tell me that it's you know it's so obvious and it's so easy to understand. And it's, you know, you can call it if you were surprised by the Red Wedding. So, shut up. <laughs> People who say that. The Lannisters send their regards. Love that. In the book, I think he says, Jamie Lannister sends his regards, which is why when Catelyn is resurrected as Lady Stoneheart, she goes right after... Like she's trying to find Jamie, like she kills all these Lannisters. Anybody who is like even remotely re- involved in the Red Wedding. You look like Jamie Lannister. I'm going to slit your throat. Well, my name is Jimmy Lancaster. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, Ashes, we had a battle last week. Oh no, go ahead, Corny. That's one uh, character I kind of wish they had in the show. Lady Stoneheart? Yeah, the things I read about her. You know, I had, that, a, I had a thought that maybe when Melisandre goes to a shy, like, or, she, or Volantis, where the fuck she's going, <laughs> maybe she comes back with the reanimated corpse of Catelyn Stark, and, like, that's what they use in one of the battles. Like, that would be kind of cool. I doubt they'll do it, but... But yeah. It would be a really cool character to see, even if it's just for like an episode. Although I think they're going to have the ghost of High Heart, who uh, actually, what's her name, runs into uh, with the Brotherhood Without Banners, Arya, because that's that's who I think Angela Lansbury is playing. But that's me. But yeah, we have Mrs. Uh, Potts is going to be in Game of Thrones. Jessica Fletcher. Really? Yes. Like she only was, she only filmed for like a couple of days because I think she's only in one episode, but I think it's like a a flashback or something. Um, she can write about a lot of murders in this show. Yeah, <laughs> incest. She wrote. <laughs> um, so we had a we had a battle last week. We did, and uh, we have battle results. And everything was awesome. Everything is awesome. Um, so we asked you. Which party would you join to save Legoland? Yes. And your choices were uh, Gandalf, Green Lantern, and, and Metalbeard, Spaceship Benny, Unikitty, and Vitruvius, or Emmett, Wildstyle, and Batman. That's and who I chose, the and they team got smoked. of Gandalf, yeah. Green Lantern, and Metalbeard won. I think that's who I voted for. That is who I'm you a, voted oh, okay, for. Okay, okay. That, that was a close vote, though. That was very close. It was, it was a very close uh, between that and Spaceship Benny, Unikitty, and Vitruvius, who and is like, what I voted for. In a distant third, like the team that has Batman... And, like, the star of the movie. Yeah, but it has a Lego Batman, and he's kind of full of himself. And yeah, he's not been so that he's, So he's Batman. He's not the real Batman. I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> so, 
next week we are going to be continuing uh, with the line of Lannister, and we're going to be talking about Jamie because you can't talk about Tyrion without talking about Jamie, and we have a lot to say about him. I have a lot to say about Jamie. Uh, but again, we're going to have to try to just play the hits because we could go on and on and on and on forever. We could fill up the white book with all of the deeds he has did. So, uh, all of the deeds he has did. Someone yeah. forgot to write down all of your great deeds, uncle. There's still time. Oh, yes, really? What are you, 50? Yeah, you only have <laughs> one hand. Mm. <laughs> Shut up, you little bastard. You can still do a lot with that one hand. Ooh. Ooh. Stump me, Jamie. Oh, my God. My God. One more time. <laughs> do you like trivia? This one will really stump you. Oh. <laughs> High five. Oh. <laughs> All right. So... I think with with that being said, Evil Corny, do you have anything you want to talk about before we go? Um, I don't know. Do I? Do you have? Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got in trouble. Oh my my yeah my mouth's teeth like getting low. I've been you know need to get more sugar in my system. <laughs> okay, um, I'm on a podcast called From the Canopy. And I co-host it with uh, Corey Richard, um, a.k.a. Monkey Blood. Um, he's on Twitter as Monkey Blood. I'm on Twitter as Cornelius1976. And um, we're um, a bit of a network and everything. Uh, Corey co-hosts several of the shows, but I co-host the movie Massacre with him. And we put out a show week to week, and we pretty much just talk movie news and um, trailers and stuff. And things we saw, I've uh, seen during the week. What's your uh, number one movie you're looking forward to coming out this year? Um, Infinity War. Well, I don't know. Second part of Infinity War and then Star Wars. Um, yeah, a little bit of everything. I, I, I watched. It's, it's tough. It's tough to just yeah. pick one. Because I mean, yeah. you also got oh, really? Godzilla. You got us. Cap- yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, us. Well, I'm just glad everything's not um, open in one week because I won't Shazam. be. To... Yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in that, but I want to see um, uh, Captain Marvel, the Coward Down versus Captain Marvel, um, and then Infinity War. So you can watch Captain Marvel, and then a few weeks later, you can watch Captain Marvel again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, everybody, go check out uh, Corny's show, and. Uh, Follow him on Twitter. And on Twitter, we're from Canopy, at From Canopy. And we're on iTunes and I want to say Stitcher. We'll, we'll post so. some links in the uh, in, okay. in the Facebook group so that way you guys uh, can check out Evil Corny. Not Evil Horny or Evil Porny. <laughs> so, yeah, join us again next week when we... Uh, when we talk about uh, Jimmy Whispers, he's working on a gravity belt. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, I think with that being said, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>